His reports brought to you by Shop and Jewelers, Clayton's premier jewelry store. We go out to the dangerous one, the wonderful Mr. Daryl Ryder. Daryl, thank you for joining me, my friend. How you doing? Doing all right. Good doing day. as well as the Cavs did after that nail biter. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you uh, you have to go through a new sweatshirt or something like that to go go through no. that sweating that no. one out? Yeah, I've been doing this 27 years. I've, <laughs> I I don't sweat games like this. <laughs> See, Daryl, I gotta I gotta get on your level with that man. I gotta learn from you a little bit more. Get a couple get a couple more years under my belt. But you know, Daryl, it really felt like obviously first half Cavs had that slow start. But just with the way that this Cavaliers team has been throughout this season, you can just never count them out. Well, I mean, J.B. Bickerstaff said uh, after the game that, look, uh, you know, they didn't play poorly in the first half. They just couldn't get shots to fall. Uh, he, he was, uh, you know, pretty happy with some of the looks that they were getting. But, yeah, I mean, it was a, an unusual night in that, the, you know, the Cavaliers didn't take a lead until – uh, the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter was a roller coaster ride for both teams. He had seven lead changes. The game was tied nine times, and again, you know, didn't have any of that for the first three quarters. The closest it was was zero zero at tip off, right? <laughs> so, uh, and the Bulls were able to extend to a seventeen point lead there uh, in the second quarter. But yeah, look, I mean, you know, very rarely are you going to see the, the Cavaliers take a, a night off per se. But, um, you know, this is one I felt like that they needed to have. The Bulls are, you know, are not on the level of the, you know, Philadelphia 76ers. You don't want to go into the all-star break having lost uh, two in a row, especially considering how uh, well you have been playing for the last six, seven weeks or so. So I kind of felt like this was one that they should get. They did get it, maybe not in the fashion that I thought that they would. But um, the, the, the bottom line is that the end result was positive. Well, and Daryl, with a near triple-double, I mean, he had seven assists, six rebounds. You know, for Donovan getting some of those MVP chance kind of rolling in finally at this point. You yeah, think you're welcome for that, by the way. <laughs> hey, I know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the one on Tuesday when I was in with Nick. I, I, I let the fans have it for that. I mean, he should be getting those chance. I mean, if, God love him, but uh, Jetty Osman should not be getting MVP chance from Cavs fans. I'm sorry, okay? Um <laughs> But if you can give him for that guy, you can give him for Donovan. Uh, and, and he should get him. Uh, absolutely, he should. Uh, there's no question. Um, not to say that as he goes, this team goes, but just what he means uh, to this team, both on the floor and also behind the scenes in the locker room, too. Um, but just another stellar performance uh, by him. Uh, a, a, you know, a, a great sign. They were able to extend Evan Mobley and Darius Garland for the first time beyond 30 minutes. Now, I think part of that had to do with that they're not playing basketball for another week and a half or so here uh, as they hit the all-star break. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Donovan Mitchell was sensational uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Darius was, was really good down the stretch. Isaac Okoro's defense was, uh, I think, uh, fantastic. Um, you know, he always, <laughs> he always gets like the worst assignment, right? And, you know, and, and Isaac also hit a couple of three-pointers too. Evan Mobley. I mean, so it's not just about Donovan Mitchell with this team. I mean, it really is a team, and that is why I believe they're having the success that they are. Yes, Donovan's an all-star. He's a great player. He's the MVP of the team. But it, it, it's not a Donovan Mitchell production each and every night where he's the only one showing up trying to carry the burden. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned him. You know, I 
you you know me and you know that I've been, you know, pretty much putting this out there for for years at this point. I love I love Isaac Okoro, man, and hearing the love of his defense, it really feels like the confidence that he's had not only on the defensive side is starting to translate a little bit on the offensive side and he's really carving out a good role for himself. Uh, I had to do a, uh, a a double take. He had four three-pointers tonight. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the offensive game, uh, you know, you're seeing some development and growth there. Um, you know, he finished with 16 points coming off the bench. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, look, he my, – my, I guess, critique of him has always been, I need something on the offensive end. Like, you can't be a one-dimensional defensive player – and that is it uh, at this level. And you are seeing, you know, um, the confidence he has on the defensive end. I think you're starting to see some of that translate uh, on the offensive end. And he's been put in some, you know, really good positions on the offensive end and able to take advantage uh, of those opportunities. So um, it is nice to watch his growth. Um, the defense was always there, but – you know, the offense is where the questions were. And, and JB talks about it all the time, the criticism that Okoro gets and how unfair Bickerstaff feels that is just because of what Okoro brings to, to this team, uh, you know, on the, on the defensive end. He, see, he, he, you know, finds that to be tremendously uh, valuable. So he's willing to um, be dismissive of, uh, you know, whatever criticism might be thrown out there as far as uh, O'Curl's offensive game. But again, you're seeing growth on that end of the floor this year. And so that gives you confidence that uh, he can be uh, impactful on both ends. Now, Daryl, you, you mentioned him a little bit earlier too. Evan Mobley, again, a little bit more extended action, just just over 30 minutes uh, tonight for the Cavaliers, but 14 points, nine boards including four offensive rebounds. And, of course, as we keep watching, one for one from beyond the arc. We're bumping up those numbers slowly but surely. 8 of 13. 8 of 13 since February 3rd. There we go. There we go. That's what I love to hear. Now, Daryl, when it comes to those that next step for Evan Mobley, it really just feels like he's coming into his own since the return from the injury. Well, J.B. Vickerstaff uh, said after the game, I, I asked him about Mobley because not only did he hit yet another three-pointer because that is something that they want to add to his arsenal. They want defenses to have to come out to the perimeter and defend Mobley to create uh, you know, action on the offensive end. But the other thing that happened tonight was he was hitting off of, off of motion. Um, I mean, he, he had a shot just outside the, the paint, inside the elbow that just, it was a thing of beauty. And if he is able to hit that shot with consistency, he's going to be lethal. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, uh, you know, Bickerstaff said after the game that Mobley can, is the type of player that he can score six points and he can be the most effective player on the floor. And that's quite the compliment. Daryl Ryder joining us. Of course, Daryl's reports brought to you by our friends over at Shab and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I got to ask you, Daryl, do you think that George Niang can have a good uh, post-career as a, as a boxer or a UFC fighter? I mean, seeing the way that him and Kobe White were going at it on the court there? Yeah, I mean, it, look, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, 
Toby deserves an Oscar for that performance tonight. Uh, you know, he um, reminded me of uh, Anderson Berejao a little bit. Anderson was very good at drawing things. You know what I mean? Um, and look, he, he Kobe for whatever reason got a little frustrated with Yang, and uh, you know, it, it was a shove. Like it, when it was a light shove at best. It was one of the weakest dust-ups I've ever seen, okay? <laughs> Let's not act like, you know, we came to a basketball game and a boxing match broke out, all right? That's <laughs> not what happened. But um, Not quite you the know, Jose Ramirez boxing night against the White no, Sox. No, <laughs> it, of course not. But, look, I mean, look, at Niang was pretty big there early in that fourth quarter. Uh, he, he had seven quick points that really helped you know, turn the tide in the game and, and really give the, the Cavaliers a shot in the arm. He also like picked up five fouls, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, give, give Niang some, some credit, uh, Donovan Mitchell or not Donovan Mitchell, rather. Um, uh, one of the players in the locker room and I joked about all the enforcers uh, that they have on the team. Um, and Yang was asked about that and he laughed and he said, well, if it came from so-and-so, there, I know that there was a tremendous amount of sarcasm involved in, <laughs> in saying that, but um, yeah, that 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 was hardly anything spectacular in the world. But you know, one thing Donovan Mitchell did talk about is that um, you know they're not taking any grief from anybody this year, obviously. And I thought this was a great question from Chris Fedor of uh, Cleveland.com after the game to Donovan when he asked him, "Hey." You know, reputations are reputations, and your reputation coming off that uh, Knicks loss was the fact that, you, you know, you, you guys aren't physical. And do you feel like teams are testing that this year? And Mitchell paused for a moment. He smiled like he, he wanted to say yes right away, but he, he also wanted to measure his – and then he ultimately said, yeah, yeah, what the hell, why not? Yeah, yeah, they are. And, um, you know, Jared, there was a dust-up earlier uh, this season with, the, with Jared Allen. Um, involving him. And, and Mitchell said, I like that guys, you know, r- respond appropriately. You know, we're not going out there looking for fights or trying to fight people or anything like that. But uh, if a line gets crossed, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to stand up for ourselves, stand our ground. I'm paraphrasing there, but you know, that was basically Mitchell's message. So I, I do like the fact that um, there is something to be said for uh, the physicality that we're seeing from this team uh this year uh the the attitude the mindset i like the fact that um you never really feel that they're out of it even when you're sitting there and you're watching them and they were 12 for 37 from beyond the arc tonight right you know things aren't falling and you, you never feel like that they're completely out of, uh, of a game i mean the other night minute to play they're down seven points and so by I, I don't know some miracle they found a way to to be in position with Darius Garland, be able to you know get a shot off from the corner that could have won the game if it fell in, like uh, and they didn't play their best. So um, this is a team that has an eye toward April, and Mitchell made that very known tonight that they realize they they have to handle their business in the regular season, but this regular season is all about getting to April and to the playoffs and proving that hey they had four bad games against the Knicks. And while, yes, those results are what they are, and people may think what they may think of the Cavaliers, that's really not who they are, and they fully intend to show in April just the type of basketball team that they've developed into.
Daryl, last question for you here, too. I know in the past with the Cavaliers, we've seen hero ball. We've seen players that have just taken the ball and trying to do it themselves. But tonight, Cavaliers... Uh, you, mean, you, mean, uh, you mean LeBron James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, Le- not, he's not here anymore. No. He hasn't been here in a while. We, yeah, okay. No, but of the Cavs, 40 made baskets tonight. 31 of them were assisted on. You know, yeah. the ball movement has been so fantastic this year. How do you think that also has helped just the overall team as a whole? Well, I mean, that, and that's why I said earlier, this really is a team. This isn't, again, Donovan Mitchell is the all-star. Uh, he should be an MVP candidate, or at least in the discussion for MVP. But it's it's not Mitchell on five. It, it, this is not like we saw with LeBron. First of all, they play, they play two different positions. They're two different size players, right? Uh, LeBron's a tank. I don't know that I'd call Donovan Mitchell a tank with all due respect <laughs> to him. Um, but, you know, Mitchell knows when to say, get the hell out of my way. I got this. And he also knows, and I really believe that 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 Garland injury where he was forced to play point, that actually helped him a little bit too. And how outstanding he was running the show and distributing the basketball. He's really, really good at that. Um, and, and, you know, he's getting everybody involved. And that's, you know, goes to that team concept. Uh, you, you know, you, you look at four or five starters and double figures tonight. A couple of guys coming off the bench were in double figures. You mentioned the, the you know, the, the, the assist to field goal uh, ratio that they had tonight. I mean, these are things that you want uh, to see. I mean, uh, Donovan tonight uh, had seven assists, right? Um, you, you just, you, you love to see that from your best player. And, and, and LeBron did it too when he was here and LeBron did it at an even, you know, higher level, but, you know, Mitchell's not trying to be LeBron. You know, he, he is trying to not only create for himself, but make sure that he is creating for his teammates. And everybody's getting, you know, their chance at the bowl, if you will, uh, to eat. And you see that night in and night out. And um, I, I just I, I feel like that this team, if they continue to play the way they have been, and I'm not talking the results, right? 18 and 20 is great. But if they just the style that they're playing with, the unselfishness with the way they play, the way they have each other's back, the way they root for each other, the way I see them uh, communicate in the locker room and and have fun with each other in the locker room and things like that, um, you know, that's the type of culture that you know builds championships at some point. And I just I kind of feel like you know it's literally to have that discussion with this organization, but. They are developing a championship culture. There's there's no doubt in my mind. Daryl Ryder, you guys can find him on Twitter, at RyderWrong. Of course, his reports are brought to you by Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl, thank you so much for the hard work, and uh, I will see you tomorrow, my friend. Thanks for the morning. See you tomorrow.